Combo Nation. We're here, man. We're back. Wait, did we leave? Combo Nation. <laughs> what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 304. You heard that right. Episode 304 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo Punch Down on that subscribe button, follow button, uh, rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court and share this episode. We here at Combo's Court would greatly appreciate it. Today, Rob Fodor and Mike Dunn, world-renowned shooting coaches, join in to talk much more than shooting, man. Obviously, we discuss shooting, discipline, the value of listening. Rob shared some thoughts on what he noticed in the NBA bubble in Florida and much more. You could find Rob on Instagram at the shooting guy. You could find Mike on Instagram at C Mike Dunn. And you know you can find me on Instagram at 12combo. Can't wait for you all to hear this one. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. And Mike Dunn, talking in my intro, Mike Dunn. Thank you. We appreciate it. Sorry, Too much Mike in one week. We already recorded one podcast and we have him back. But it's great to have two of the best shooting coaches in the world on the same podcast. This is kind of weird um, because I've had a lot of conversations with both of you, but never at the same time. It's kind of strange. That, well, uh, yeah, we were talking about that. That was kind of fun. First off, is it even possible to have... Too much Mike Dunn or one two in the same week. I don't know. For me, definitely, not too much. Not definitely fun. not too. Definitely not too much Mike Dunn. I'm just glad that Rob fit us into his busy schedule after he rescheduled ten times. But it's all. <laughs> <laughs> he found the time. He found the time. Found the time. There's always an added zero. Let's start with this, uh, Mike. Obviously, you were a great shooter and a great shooting coach before you met Rob. But how did you look at the game of basketball differently after you met Rob? I would reframe that question and say I thought I was a good coach before I met Rob. And then um, I, I feel like for me, it was always a matter of I always felt like there was more to it. Right. Like we're always looking for answers to certain things and we're always diving deeper, further into them. And I always was like, man, there has to be more to this shooting and basket, like everything. And then meeting Rob is what completely flipped my perspective on that, right? So being with him in New York City that first time and him drawing on the wall and stuff like that, like starting to uh, starting to connect the dots and how things actually could be um, really changed my perspective on a lot of things. Rob, so when it comes to shooting, energy transfer is so important. Tell me more about sequencing. Well, you know, I think that's, uh, I, I think once everybody kind of looks at shooting or looks at basketball or any other thing that you do differently, I've always said this from, even from when I was a kid, there's a science to everything. So if you, if you get up and walk over and grab a cup of coffee, or if you pick up a fly rod, 
and start learning how to fly cast or anything that you could think of, there's a science to all of it. And if you could figure out a way to understand what the science is and what the best thing, um, the best way to execute something is, then you can start getting to that place of understanding. And, you know, one of my quests was just to have a clear understanding and then be able to translate what I found or, or discovered to everybody else, uh, which starts with in, in uh, Mike's in my case with a finger drawing a, <laughs> an arc on the wall of an Italian restaurant in New York City. Um, but, I, but I think what happens is, like I've said before, I've looked at how everybody did it and I, there's, there's something missing. I'm a big simplicity person even though it sounds complex in the way I got to things or the way that we look at things, the whole idea is how do you boil down everything you're doing into one thought, one frame, one, one action, one whatever. And it, that's where it came to energy transfer for me. And I think that's where, that's where Mike's gotten, um, you know, you could, I could word it a couple of different ways, but the idea of how do I, if I'm going to help a, a, a basketball player become a better shooter, what's the one thing they need to understand? And that was being able to, it, here's a perfect example. When somebody's on the free throw line and they shoot it short, Mike's heard it a million times, you've heard it a million times. Somebody shoots it short, what, is, what do they all yell off the bench? Use your legs. Bet, yeah, use your legs, bend your knees or some bend crazy knees, thing yeah. like that because what I, what I found in basketball when I was coming up is just people didn't have anything else to say. They just didn't know. I, I, I've probably taken more knees out of free throws of NBA players than anybody that there is because these are the biggest, strongest guys in the world playing that game. So mm -hmm. if you're adding more power, they're just trying to accelerate or, or I'm sorry, decelerate other parts to try and figure out how to make the ball only go 15 feet. So to be efficient in how do you take energy transfer, it happened by what ordered must things happen. In order to, for energy to transfer into something, it has to happen at a specific moment before the implement is ready to accept the energy. So going from there and kind of reverse engineering how your body goes, how you pick it up and, and putting your hands on the ball and all that kind of thing, uh, that's, that's what happens. And once you, once you understand how to transfer energy into something, you can then learn to take energy out, when to put it in, how much to put it in, et cetera. That's where the talent, athleticism, and practice level uh, mentality matters. Rob, I mean, you spend so much time studying the body, studying physics. Is there something missing from basketball training today from an athletic performance standpoint that you think should be added more into the game? Wow, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I haven't spent much time going in that direction uh, in terms of thought. More of what I've been doing is taking where, where I've got my program and applying it to the highest level players and taking the training, the strength and conditioning, um, the rehab, and kind of bringing all of those into the same place that we are in terms of biomechanics and movement, 
for our basketball players. So uh, on our staff, it's been really a humbling, phenomenal experience where those guys will come in and we will have our own meetings and we'll be in the, we'll be on the court. We'll be in the training room and we'll go through all of this. They'll ask, what are we trying to do here? How are we trying to move the body here? And then they will literally train to make that work. So parts of your body that may be stressed that from a training standpoint may not be the way that they're looking at things, they'll change their perspective and start to do activations, do strength and conditioning based on how we should try to move the body to shoot the ball better and move the way that we move better. So it's, that's been an interesting thing, but I'd love to explore that question. That's a, that's a, that's a cool way to think about it. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, Rob. All right. So I wanted to ask you what separates the good players from the great players, in your opinion, in the NBA, Rob? Um, that's a, you know, it, that's a great question. Committed focus is one that, that pops into my head really quickly. Uh, and for me, I think the bigger, a bigger one is the, is the why. What are their reasons for truly, what, what are their reasons for playing? What are the reasons that, they're trying to be great. Uh, it sounds odd when, because you've, we've heard the phrase with the, with the old, uh, with the old Oakland Raiders, winning is everything. And it is in that moment, but you must prepare, you must build your life. You must build your, your game and how you're thinking about things for something greater than winning. And I think that the, the greatest players have a different why. You know, for example, if you go just to golf, Tiger Woods wasn't trying to win a golf tournament. He was trying to win every golf tournament. He was trying to win every golf tournament because he wanted to beat Jack Nicklaus. He wanted to hold all the records in the game and he, he was playing against the history of the game. So I think the greatest players, uh, you can look in tennis, you can look in hockey, you can look in any sport, football, et cetera, they all have a different why they want to, they are playing for something much greater than themselves. And they're playing for something greater than winning in the global sense of the thought. Mike, do you believe the right mindset for whatever you're doing is to aim to be the greatest ever? I think it's a great, it's a great one to have. And like to piggyback off what Rob just said, uh, we, I think Rob and I talked earlier in this week, but you notice like you, your question that you came to him with was, what separates a good from a great NBA player? And he immediately went outside of the NBA, right. right? So it's one of those questions that you don't have to put NBA player. You can just say what makes somebody great in general, right? And so that's where, where, where what I've learned so much from Rob, and I told him this the other day, was to look for answers outside of just the scope of basketball itself. And um, you'll start to find a lot of different similarities amongst whether that's in sports, whether that's in business, whether it's a variety of things, but it's one of those things with, with, with greatness. I think it's uh, you can find that across the board in just so many different professions and it's all, it's all very similar coming back to that. Why into that, to that, that, that much bigger picture at the end of the day. Growing up, I guess, you know, a lot of people would describe me as someone who's being obsessed with basketball. Rob, what do you think the difference is between being obsessed and being disciplined, and is it one and the same? 
It, you know, it just depends on who you ask. Uh, one of the, uh, there's a, there's a fun cliche. I don't toss cliches around very much, but I just always thought that this one was applicable to this question is obsession is the lazy man's word for dedication. For us, when we were trying to come up, because uh, we all had the same goals, you know, we were moving on and trying to be professional basketball players, make a living, go from there. Right. Was, were the, was the way we went about it obsessive? It was to people that weren't willing to do what we were going to do. I, I, Mike and I have talked about it. You and I have talked about it. I, I do it when I'm talking about speaking or when I'm doing speaking engagements. People need to understand greatness is different. It's just plain different. Greatness is willing to do what others are not, which is yeah. why there's, which is why there's so much that so many people are looking for a different reason as to why they're not great. And you can be great in whatever it may end up being that you want. It may not be what you first want, but greatness is willing to sacrifice all else. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Like just doing the things that other people aren't willing to do. Exactly. And, and, and that can show itself in a bunch of different ways and in, in your skill level, your, uh, like, would you say Dennis Rodman was a great basketball player? That's that, you know, you just like, wait a minute. Well, how you define greatness, right? Is he skilled? Was he a great shooter? He's none of those, but he was a great basketball player. Impact because, on the impact on the game. He was a was winner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a great winner. And you can, you can see that the way that he approached that game and there was absolute greatness in what he did. He was maybe the best and most skilled rebounding angle guy that's ever played. He studied films nonstop of every single spot on the floor that a certain person was going to shoot from the percentage of, of where that miss was going to come off. He knew where everybody's miss was going before it went up in the air. So, you know, it, that's it. who else is willing to do that? Obviously not very many. And then you have to be willing to put your whole body and heart out there and be exposed. I think uh, that's, that's one thing that uh, I will say about the greatest players. They are willing to stand there, the man in the arena. They are willing to stand there and be judged. They're vulnerable. Here's my best. Let me see if it's good enough. And if it's not, they'll go from there and try to be better. I think intelligence comes into it too, because you have to learn where to delegate your time within that obsession to be truly great as well. That and the ability to make decisions in the, in the highest level of pressure cooker in every yeah. way, shape, form. You know, Tom Brady looking at a defense with one minute left down, you know, down two, and he's got to go 60 yards. I would love to be there just to see what he looks for first, you know? Um, basketball players are the same. I mean, there's a zillion decisions you have to make like this. Head coaches in the NBA probably make, they go through about 5,000 decisions in, in the course of one game. So just to, from perspective, intelligence is incredibly important to it. Mike, what have you implemented lately um, that's a little bit different than what you were doing before? Because I think during this obsession, like while you're trying to be great, you have to find new ways to get better on the journey or things will just become stagnant. Like I always feel like you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Is there anything you implemented into what you do to get to the next level? Personal, like personally, personally or, oh, I mean, I've just, I've cut off, I've cut off music. Um, I don't really listen to music and 
all I do is, is read is read books. So one of the things that I've done recently is uh, I've tr- started to treat books like TV in that I'll have a, like a cycle of five or six books that I'll read. And when I get bored with one, I'll just pick up the next. Um, and that's like my changing of the channel. But I've just been real cautious with the information that I'm taking in. That's like that's that's my big thing, like kind of just curating, curating my I don't know, personal utopia, whatever you want to call it. Like, that's my big thing, though. I, I, I just want to protect my mindset and where I want to go. And that's that's one of the ways I'm able to do it. Naval has an awesome quote. His, his quote is, uh, he said, read what uh, read what you love to read and, or read what you love until you love to read. Right. So read what interests you until reading itself becomes the habit from there's books written by the greatest minds that ever lived. Like, that's insane to me that you can go pick up a book and read about somebody like one of the greatest ever at something or, and you can buy that for $14. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's yeah. absolutely, and then your, your ROI on that $14 purchase, your ROI may not come within a year, two years, three years, but maybe over a span of 10 years, your ROI on a $14 purchase could land you somewhere that you never thought you'd be. And that's where I think that's where, that's where that stuff really is, is valuable to me. Yeah. And I think another thing is it takes your eyes off screens, which is another problem. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> sure. That's great. You know, this, that's a, it's a great topic to piggyback. I did an interview uh, about the bubble and mm. somebody was asking me what's going on in the bubble. What are the things you notice in the bubble? And the, the great thing there is you had the, the collection of the highest level of people in the game of basketball at the point where they were at their highest levels and you're making your way and, and you're making your way to the NBA finals. And here are all the people that are doing the very same thing as you've been trying to do your whole life at the same time you're trying to do it. So to Mike's point there for me, instead of sitting and reading the things that these people and others have written, I was walking around and I'm in the same room with them and Mm. in the same area with them. So I get to watch the process that everybody went through. What are people doing to get ready for this? What did we do that was different than everybody else to get us to where we were? And the one thing that that was very, very common from the highest level coaches, the highest level uh, minds in the game was exactly what Mike just said. Everybody reads. We, uh, one of the common questions is, hey, nice to see you. Da, 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 da. Hey, Rob, I got it. I heard I want to. Hey, what are you reading? These, what are you reading right now? And everybody asks that question. And it's, a, it, it's not that it, if you go around in, if you walk around in the mall and ask that question, people will look at you like you're out of your mind. <laughs> right? What? Uh, what? <laughs> you mean like the newspaper or the, it's, it's, there's this crazy mindset, but the, the one interesting thing that I can kind of pass along is the higher the level that you go, the less competition there actually is. The competition is ferocious up there, but there's only this much of it. That's why you've seen the same people in the World Series of Poker, the same people in the NBA Finals, the same people in the Ryder Cup, the same people. You start going down, and that's just in athletics it's the same successful companies they have the same program and people go down the same path and to mike's point for anybody you can pick up 
a great book and get insight into what the greatest people, what the greatest companies, what the greatest minds think and how they did it. I, I, the one thing other than, other than my path down my basketball way, I, I always used to say to people, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Find the results that you want that somebody else has done and just do what they did to the best of your ability and you will get the same results. Or you'll figure out or you'll figure out a way to do it while finding your own voice in the meantime, right? Like it's it's one of those it's one of those things. Rob uh, Rob Rob has, has mentioned to me, it's like the uh if you've watched Finding Forrester, how uh in Finding Forrester, uh Sean Connery, his character allows the the the, the other main character in the book to to start to use what his, his, what was it? He would use like the work, his, the beginning stages of his work to find the inspiration and find his own voice. Right. So start with, people. start with someone else's words. Yes. yes. Write start someone with. else's words until you find your own. Yes. And that, and that, I feel like that's so, such a powerful, a powerful message. Top one of the most underrated, it's not really a basketball movie, but finding Forrester is one of the best basketball movies there is in my opinion. No, it, it's a great one. It is a great one. Well, you always have to be yourself because when you're yourself, you could be consistent and go down that path. It's it's like though like a it's you you're you're just yourself, and then people are people are generally attracted to that. But so many people see what works, and then they try to copy that exactly. It's just it's just it's just never going to work. Nobody has tried to copy the combo shake yet. No, well, I think. Because- I think because it's disgusting. I think that, uh, <laughs> I think a few people tried it and were like, "Wow, this is a terrible idea." So we're just gonna let we'll let we'll let combo keep that for sure. At least I don't put any pre workout in it. I, I got my pre workout over here waiting for me. By the way. <laughs> I have to ask, what the heck is in it? What in the in the pre work? Oh, in the combo shake. Combo shake. Well, it changes, but day by day. But it's always a basis of a. Spinach, kale. Uh, and, and, all right, you still lost me right at kale. Sorry. <laughs> Almonds, oats, ginger, blueberries, strawberries, some kind of whey protein, usually oat milk, water, and, and banana. Then, and do you and, think you're going to start lifting? Come on, man! Crazy. <laughs> come on, man! Oh, oh all right. I, I wasn't. Sure. I wasn't. Sure I lifted. I lifted the past. I lift a lot. You know, oh, okay. I've been I've been on the kettlebells. Rob knows that I've been on the kettlebells a lot, but I actually been doing some more uh, traditional lifts lately. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was just curious. You know, you're just looking a little thin over there. I didn't want to make sure you <laughs> more explosive. You know, I don't have to carry that weight vest around. It helps you. Rob, you know, combo's coming off that torn ACL injury. I know he's still out there. He's still out there dunking easily with uh, you two guys. Ever- I always get a kick out of when somebody asks you guys on uh Social media about can you can you still dunk? I was like, oh, of course. Um, thanks so got thanks so much for you guys uh, for taking the time. Is there anything else you guys would like to add before we get out of here? This was a great. Yeah, conversation. I want to say one thing. These podcasts, like little little things like this, I credit so much of what I do now to Rob. Like I and, and Rob knows that, and I tell him all the time. Man, like I'm I'm so so appreciative of him appreciative of him. But little things like this. I urge people that really want to learn to just learn to listen, right? So one of my favorite things, like I'll do anything anybody ever asked me to do with Rob, even if I were never to say a word, because I could just listen to the stories 
that he said, like he has all day. And I always learn something new, learn something new, learn something new. Yeah. So for anybody that wants to get better, whether it's teaching, shooting, whether it's just teaching and whatever, just learn to listen, right? Learn to just hear what somebody that is phenomenal at what they do has to say, because that can be, I, I just feel like people don't want to listen so much. And there's just so much free stuff out there that can be so valuable to you if you just shut your mouth sometimes and just listen to what really, really smart, successful people have to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great perspective for sure. And I, I think that's, it's, we, we walk a, a, a fine line of being a little bit on the, uh, I don't want to, I mean, I'll use the word dangerous. It's not quite that, but it's that whole idea of social media and everybody's searching for validation when somebody else has the answers already and all you got to do is listen to them and find them. Um, and then I'll, I'll toss out one thing that uh, it's different for me is I'm, I find a lot of inspiration from the people that really, really truly want to be great at what they do. I, so I, I love sitting here with both of you guys because both of you guys inspire me is that there's, you guys are both looking to be the absolute greatest that you could ever possibly be. And I know it, the the great thing for me is I got to change my life with the path that I went down and both of you guys are doing the exact same thing, obviously in a different angle, but Mike's, Mike's life has evolved just from the time that I've known you, Mike, it's, it's, and it's truly inspiring to me. And combo, it's the same thing is, is you guys are, I always ask combo, how's it going, buddy? It's, well, yeah, just ready to take over the world. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's this, uh, it's this great thing that, that, for me, I've always, I always want to, you know, Mike, I want to share mm -hmm. because I think the, I think the game gets better if we, if we share the things that make the game better, obviously, instead of trying to, I don't know, make a dollar off of it or something, but um, it's, it is an inspiration to be around people that are really, really trying to be special because like Mike said, you get to learn something from everybody. You can be in a room with every, with a bunch of people that have nothing to do with each other. And you can learn something from every single person. Even if you're the smartest pe person in the room, even if you're the most experienced person in the room, even if you're a brand new person to that room, then you've never been in a room like that before. So um, keep learning uh, and draw inspiration from it. It's like, uh, it's like if you're, uh, Mike, you were, you went through a physical body transformation and we've all yeah. done that. And you start, if you, if you do an assessment of where you start, which, you know, when people do a body transformation, what's the first assessment is that first picture. Here's where I am. And it's not a judgment. People get all, ah, I don't want to, it's always, how are you doing in your fitness program folks? And they'll, they'll explain why they're overweight or they're starting here it doesn't matter this is where we are start there journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step kind of thing and you look and say here's my assessment of where i am and then you start to build inspiration by building momentum you take a picture you show your consistency of work you take a picture and you go wow it's the same thing Mike referred to about books it's the same thing that you're we're talking about learning in basketball competition everything you start taking the next thing and you stack them on 
and they will add up that $14 ROI. You never know what it turns into. You never know what the consistency of your own work will be until you do it and then assess it and be honest with yourself. It's okay to not be where you want because if you're trying to get somewhere, it means you're not where you want. So start there, draw inspiration from other people, learn, learn the path, and it will speed up your process as well. Love it. Love it. Great way to end the pod. Yes. Yes. Thanks so much, guys, for taking the time. We could find Rob on Instagram at The Shooting Guy. We could find Mike on Instagram at C Mike Dunn. Um, where else can we find you guys? You guys want to combo score us? Com- that is true. You can find yeah, <laughs> cool. you know, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Dmikedunn.com and the, uh, the Keep Shooting Podcast. Keep nice. Shooting I've been podcast. tuning in. I've been tuning in. We need, we need a Rob Folder podcast. Definitely. We need that. We need, yeah, we need Rob to start one. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm in. I'm, I will be called shooting, shooting the with Rob Folder. <laughs> Rob, just you know what? Just talk, talk into a microphone for a few minutes, and you know, get somebody to put it out there on all the you know uh, what, Rob? platforms. You you bring up a great point, Rob. This you know what I thought I thought about. I just thought about it right now, and I'm a genius. Just so you know. Anyway, um, you're on the road so much. If you, we just got you like one of those good microphones while you're on the road, and then you just whatever your thoughts were. You know what I mean? And then you just uh, you just you just record it for like 30 minutes, a 30 minute stream of consciousness. I yeah. think it could, be, it could be gold, man. I would love to know what's going through your mind on these road trips from Florida to California. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I will say this. It's a when I look back, it's a really interesting place to be. There's a lot of perspective and. Right. You know, I, I'll throw one goofy one out. Like I'll, I'll drive out through all different routes to get out West. Oh, you guys know that when, uh, when my season ends, I'm in the car faster than anything headed out West, which is where <laughs> I'm now. Um, I love driving through like the badlands of South Dakota and you're looking around and I will literally project myself into the very first Americans there. <laughs> think about what that was. Think about what that journey was like with no roads, no communication, no nothing. You are completely self-sustaining, self-sufficient, and you've got to make this journey not knowing exactly where you're going, but having this understanding that there is something there for us. Right. And, the, and the ability of those groups of people to withstand hardships, to overcome their fears, kind of speak to me as the answer to how just about everything great is accomplished. So that's, you know, that's one thing my, and Mike, you know, Andrew, you know, my, my mind goes a lot of different directions because um, I'm a solutions guy and, and there's a lot of answers to the world out there that have already been lived. Exercise, exercises like that are great. And I think people don't use their imagination as much as they used to. When I was teaching history, I, I gave, I gave uh, the kids a, uh, an assignment and their job was to speak to an historical event from the point of view of an inanimate object. Hmm. And I really got some, the two that always stuck out in my mind is I had somebody writing as the apple on a tree above Francis Scott Key 
watching the Battle of Fort McHenry riding the Star Spangled Banner. And then I had another one that was a saguaro cactus watching the people travel to the West. So it was really, wow. really fascinating. You can allow, it's, uh, it's what books do for us. It's what our dreams do for us. It takes us to places where uh, we are not and possibly gives us some help and perspective of how we can get somewhere that we are also not. I love that. It's really cool. Yep. Thanks for the idea, Mike. <laughs> get it done, Rob. Get it done. You got to start. Remember the first step. You just yes, have that the first step. Yeah, correct. Right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time. Hope to do this again soon. We got to talk all three of us more often, man. We have to. Hundred percent. Talk soon, guys. Have a great one. See you guys. Appreciate you guys. Big thanks to Rob and Mike for joining in, and thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Combination rate. And review the show wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Also, punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. And share this episode. Share it with a friend. Share it on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Share it on your IG stories. That's right. Take a screenshot of this episode. Share it on your IG stories. And tag me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 305. Combo out.